Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. JP Motor. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing fantastic. We're trucking along in season eight with another banger yes. that is all about family. So mm-hmm. Rob and I are only children, so we really can't blame a sibling if something went wrong growing up. True. Uh, but man, it's great to be back with my, with my brother Rob. Here we are, week two, yeah. trucking along. Welcome back, family. Welcome back uh, to you out there in the podcast. Podcast family, all part of our family. Honestly, I talk to some of you more than I talk to my own mother. That's sad. Is that weird? I talk to some of y'all on the weekly, people who outside, I'm not even talking about like friends who listen to the show. I'm talking about people who live in other states that I have never met in person. Some in other countries. Yes, who I talk to you more frequently than I talk to my mom. I need to call my mom more. You need to call mom. Is what I'm realizing here. But still, you guys are, 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 have become like part of our family because of this show. It's incredible. It's awesome. And so we've missed you. So Rob, tell them what song we're covering today by which artist. Tell them about it. All right. From the 2019 album Dragons, this is Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors with Family. Mm. Get some of that. Family singing in the kitchen. Family running through the yard. Family going on vacation. Family on the credit card. Family all in this together. Family we're taking a chance. Family like birds of a feather. Family kick off the shoes and dance. <laughs> I love it. Oh, such a good I feel. Love it. That's Family by Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors from the 2019 album Dragons. Uh, what more can you say? It, it just feels great. Oh, it's wonderful. And I'll go ahead and tell you guys, make sure you stick around at the end because we're hanging out with Drew Holcomb. With Drew. That's uh, amazing. So we're going to chat with him. And I, not to tease, but the, uh, we're doing probably my favorite Stump the Genius game that I've done. Wow. So, and we've done a bunch of these, uh, so hang around for that too. So it'll yeah, be, that'll yeah, be a yeah. fun one. Uh, so I'm excited I, about it. The, the big thing about this song is for like for better or for worse, everybody has a family, right? Okay. Absolutely. Um, like them or love them, hate it, them. Whatever. Yes. And so this like song, them or love them, like those <laughs> like are the only two. That's joy. the only. Yeah, that's the only option. <laughs> um, but the, it's it, this album is like a celebration of the best parts of family. Yeah. Everybody has weird parts to their family. Absolutely. Everybody have everybody has like members of their family you wish you could kind of sweep under the rug or whatever. You know what I mean? But this is a celebration of all the beautiful, quirky weirdness. Of family, you know, Um, I just love it's so full of joy and it's so genuine. That's one of the things about Drew's music. If you don't know Drew Holcomb and the neighbors, uh, first of all, what are you doing? Um, (laughs) I and I I got turned on late. I got turned on pretty late. So um, I I am among you. I was I was like you uh, more recently than than I would care to admit. But 
one of the things that uh, the more of his stuff that I began to listen to um, is his sense of honesty. Yeah, absolutely. And, That's and good. like coming from a genuine place, he says things that I hear in other genres of music and even in like Christian music, I hear some of the things that he says, but they come off phony mm-hmm. or they come off um, – Manufacture. Elsie. Yes, yes. And but for he has something about his demeanor, his delivery, and his voice, uh, and it sort of the character that it has, that everything he says comes off genuine and heartfelt and real. Um probably the beard and hat. It must be, man. <laughs> He's got yeah. If um if 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 you are new to Drew Holcomb and the neighbors, ask one of your hipster friends and they'll tell you all about him. Absolutely. Right? Ask a twenty eight year old about Drew Holcomb and the neighbors <laughs> uh-huh. and uh they'll they'll tell you all about him because uh he he is uh one of the kings of modern like Americana um, you know, if if uh in that sort of Jason Isbell in the four hundred unit, uh drive by truckers um, um, uh, what are they called? The the Avett brothers. Th- he's that- new era cool. Like if yeah. you if what we grew up as cool, he's not that. Right. He's modern cool. Yes. So. Yeah. He's not. He's not like leather jacket on Absolutely. a Trans Am. Yeah. He's he's not your he's, starting quarterback on your high school football team. He's East Nashville. He's East Nashville. That's good. He That's is. Good. He, I mean, he lives in East Nashville. Um, and like the the hurricane that I mean the hurricane the tornado that ripped through East Nashville like was right at his doorstep. Um, but and East Nashville is very like uh, young millennial trendy. You know what I mean? East like East Nashville cool is Drew Holcomb. Like he's just the epitome. He's, of- he's, he's as cool a guy as we'll talk to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? Um, yes, we we dumbed down his coolness a whole lot. You know what I mean? Um, He's actually got a very great explanation of this song and sort of a dive into it on his website. So I'm going to read some of it. I normally don't just pull this out. We normally talk about it, but I, I, he, he says, a, he says a, a great explanation of the song. So let me give you a little bit of this from Drew himself. Um, he says, uh, I come from a l- very large family. On my mother's side, I am one of 28 grandkids. On my father's side, there are 12 more, not to mention the second cousins, great aunts and uncles, spouses, in-laws, and people that came around who felt like family. Holidays were chaotic, multi-generational affairs, multi-generational affairs with loud voices and old stories and copious amounts of food. Family reunions had singing and dancing and dodgeball and laughter and big personalities and theological arguments and memories being made. I am the second of four kids, and our childhood was hot Memphis summers and long road trips in a red conversion van. We visited over 40 states before I graduated high school. That's amazing. How about that? That's pretty dope. Uh, everyone has a family for better or worse. No one can inspire more loyalty and more frustration than blood. I wanted to write a song that reflected the beauty, chaos, dysfunction, and hilarity that family can be. My own family has been a springboard for me. My mom went to more bars to see me play music in the first two years of my career than the rest of her life combined. Uh, my brother traveled the world with me for 18 months as my tour manager. My sister and her family inspired the song Live Forever. They have been with me every step of the way. I hope the song makes you laugh and smile at the paradox of family. It's the best thing. It's the hardest thing. It's the thing that defines us in more ways than we can articulate and understand. That's good. I'm so glad you read that. Okay, dodgeball. Or do you prefer <laughs> to throw or ca- you get one shot? Are you a thrower or are you trying to catch it? Here's the th- it's the big red bouncy dodgeball. Yeah. Okay. You, okay, get one, you can either crow not hop. Not the soft one. Not the soft one. You can either crow hop and chunk it at me once, or I can crow hop and 
trunk it at you once, would you think you'd have a better chance catching it or pelting me? I trust myself more to catch it than same. I do to hit you. Same, with. same. Yeah, I'm the same. It's it's not true. <laughs> I'm not good at catching it, but I believe more in myself <laughs> in as the catcher than, than I do throw. as the thrower. Yeah. Okay. I feel like throwing dodgeball, I just go, I'm going to I'm gonna throw I'm my gonna arm out. I'm going to throw my out. arm out. My yeah. arm is sore just as we thought about it. Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm already feeling a little, yeah. a little tennis elbow yes. going on here. Man, uh, you know, I, this this song just uh, inspires you to think about stuff like just random. There's so much randomness to this lyric. I mean, you you could listen to this song ten times and pick up a different lyric that makes you think of something that you either love or are frustrated by about your yeah. family. It's full of memories. It is. This song is chock full of memories. Like when we get done, I want you to listen to it again and just write down a list of memories that come to mind as sure. you as you listen to this song because it's full of them. The one that sticks out to me uh, every time is about, uh, you know, uh, going, going on vacation and on, a, on credit a credit card. card. Yeah. Family vacation on a credit card um, makes me think of, of summer trips to Panama City Beach. Okay, I was going to ask, where's your trip? Okay. And that was it. It was, it was every, every summer just about uh, growing up, my, my mom and dad and I, and sometimes a cousin um, would go to – uh, Panama City Beach, Florida is their place. We stayed at the Flamingo Hotel. Okay. And we got a, uh, they had a little like sort of like cabana rooms that were on beach level. And if we could get one of those, you just open the back door and Walk hop out right onto out the, the sand. Uh, and it was a little family owned place. And we, you know, we went as, as, as often as we could. And uh, I just have so many memories from those trips. That's you know so what I mean? great. I love that because I have the same thing, but it's Gatlinburg. It's okay. Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg area. Yeah. My pastor at the time had a chalet, is what they were calling okay. it, a little yeah, trailer yeah. up there, and he would give it to my family one weekend a year. Oh, that's Where great. we'd go up there, and I'd take baseball cards, and we'd organize baseball cards, and my, we'd play Sir Goonies mini golf. That was our thing we did, and we'd eat pancake breakfast, at, you know, and that's yeah. that's my thing. So I love it. I, you know, how big, what's, what's your family like as far as, um, you know, when you get into like cousins and all that stuff, what's your, do you, is yours big? I yeah, really I have know. a big family, and they get together. We do that at normally at my parents' house. Now it was either at a grandma's or at an aunt's when I was growing up, and we would bring the whole crew every year. But now my mom is typically the one that hosts it, and there's yeah. lots of cooking and weird story like you said i'm not gonna mention but you have that one family member that you're like guess who's back yeah everybody's got characters everybody's got that one yes um so anyway for i have family that listens so i'll keep it uh, <laughs> but y'all know who he's but talking you know about. who we're talking about um, so anyway um so yeah so that's uh, we'll stop there that's, that's awesome well they you know the it's not just the lyric on this song that's perfect, but the musical feel really captures. It sounds like togetherness, you know. It sounds like um, not just physically, but it sounds like closeness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You've got the the chanting family, yeah. you know, and it just it's right there. You've got the hand claps. It's all very organic, you know. Now it's got the big like drum, you know, drum things that are happening in there. Um, but the but it just all sounds like it sounds like singing in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's really. Uh, it just it just feels like that. It's kind of got a um, it's almost got a Paul Simony kind of Graceland kind That's of good. I like you know that. what I mean. The electric guitars and stuff. Let's take a little listen. Just get this feel again. The electric guitar makes me think of Paul Simon. You don't choose her, you can't lose her. It's got the bouncy feel. It just, I don't know, it just it just feels so good. Um, and it feels it feels right. Um the uh the album Dragons 
uh, went to number three on the U.S. folk chart, number 30 on the U.S. rock chart, number five on the U.S. indie chart. And that's important to me about Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. They're an independent group. He's an independent artist who has uh, really carved himself a place in American music. And that's, that's hard to do. Um, you know, it's a little different now, I think to be an independent artist than it used to be in the, you know, in the age of, you know, at home studios and the way it's distributed. Yeah. It's easier to get your music out Mm -hmm. there. Um, but it's also much, much, much harder to stand out now yeah. because it's so easy for everybody to get yeah, their music out there, true. you know? So to be able to gain an audience, he they, they put everything out on his label, Magnolia Records, um, and we're going to talk to him about the Magnolia Record Club, which is very cool. Awesome. Um, you know, it's just really impressive. To which it. you have to be a really good writer to be able to do that. Like, you have to be able to write. Yeah. Like, write very well. Yes. I think he does. And, and most of his stuff up until 2019's Dragons albums, he just solo wrote, or he and his wife Ellie. Um, but uh, co-writing was was pretty new to him as far as, uh, and I think we talked to him we a little bit. We talked to him that, about yeah. his co-writes with her, and yes. one of my favorite lines, I don't want to steal it, but he'd be like, she said, I wrote another Jesus song or yeah. something. I love that. So <laughs> yes. she's pretty big in the CCM world. That's right, yeah. And she she comes from she comes from a legendary family in the Absolutely. world of CCM. And we'll talk about it in the Meet the Band section. Okay, all right. Um, well, you want to do it? Yeah, go let's ahead go ahead and meet, meet him. Let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, let's meet the band meet that the played band. on this track with Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. Um, on bass, Rich Brinsfield uh, also played on the Medicine album. Um, he's done stuff with Amy Grant, Maren Morris. Matthew West, Matt Wirtz, and uh, one of our good friends, Dave Barnes. He's hey played bass with, with our, our buddy Dave, so Rich on, on bass. On piano, synth, and production, Case and Cooley. We actually talk with uh, Drew at the end about his work with Case and Cooley, a lot of fun. Um, he's done stuff with Ingrid Michelson, Need to Breathe, Ben Rector. One of my favorites, Matthew Perryman-Jones. Um, he's pretty cool. And two other favorites of mine, William Fitzsimmons and Andrew Peterson. He's done stuff with them, so I really like them. Um, on organ, guitar, pedal steel, lots of things. Uh, Nathan Duggar done stuff with Matt Wirtz, J.J. Heller, and he plays on the Ben Rector Christmas album, which is a fantastic yeah, album yes. that I really like. On drums, Will Sales, uh, drummer for Sixpence None the Richer for a while, Michael W. Smith, stuff with Third Day, Jennifer Knapp, Nora Jones, and do you remember this group from 2002? Do you remember Siler's Bald? Wow. I remember the name. I don't think I could Little sing you any. CCM throwback there. I don't think Path- I could. From Pathways. Anyway, drummer for them. Y'all look up Siler's Bald if you get a chance. B-A-L-D? B-A-L-D. Yep. Funny, I think I always thought it was Siler's Bald because why would you say Siler's Bald? Put, put a D at the end. Weird. Yeah, it, it is. Um, and vocals, uh, Ellie Holcomb, good time to talk about her. Daughter of legendary Brown Banister. Um, yeah. Dove Award winner, uh, Monster in the Sea. C- probably shouldn't say Monster for a female. Maybe <laughs> no. Queen in the CCM yeah, yeah, world. A queen. Yeah, a little yeah. bit better. Um, Ellie Holcomb. Yeah. Um, so wife of Drew, um, that's right. So it's good, good stuff. Good, good group. And while we're talking, while we, you mentioned Brown Bannister, I kind of have to mention him because I don't know how many, uh, maybe it, as we talk about some CCM artists in the future, we'll, you know, get to talk about Brown Bannister. Uh, but he's won 25 Dove Awards, 14 Grammys. That's great. He's in the gospel music hall of fame. Uh, he's done you know, all kinds of stuff. He actually worked on a, um, a project that won like the country record of the year. Um, for a guy named Bruce Carroll. Yep. Remember Bruce Carroll? Absolutely. Okay, and he had a like a uh, Christian slash country crossover hit with a song called Sometimes Miracles Hide. 
And boy, do I have a great story about that song title. I don't think right now is the time to share it. <laughs> but someday, kids, someday I'm going to sit you down and tell you the story okay. of Sometimes Miracles Hide. Okay. Um, maybe I'll tell it on Patreon. Maybe I'll, t- maybe I'll tell it here. But let's just say I have uh, my own version of Sometimes Miracles Hide. Okay. Um, and there's a wonderful story behind it, and it's hysterical. Okay. Can't okay. wait to. All right, so we'll, just sometime I'm going to pull that out. A little teaser. Do you even know that story? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh, dude. Okay, now I'm going to have to tell it at some point soon because you have to know this story. Okay, anyway, so join us on Patreon this week for a special... (laughs) Okay, Um, let's, Let's talk about band names. When I hear Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors, I think that sounds exactly like what they are. That's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's It sounds like it sounds friendly, it sounds close. It sounds genuine, uh-huh. and it sounds. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it it sounds. Um, I'm looking for not antique. It sounds classic. Okay, you know what I mean. Like it sounds like it's from a bygone era, almost okay. of simpler times. And right. you know what I'm saying, Andy Griffith. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's like. It just, it just. I like simpler times. It sounds genuine, you know what I mean? So anyway, and it it conveys, I think, their music. It's, my point is, it's perfect for these individuals to make. This kind of music. This kind of music and be called Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. I like it. Okay. So I started wondering, what are some other bands that have perfect names for who they are. Okay. Okay. And I asked you to come up with a list I of your wrote, own. I wrote a couple down. Okay. All right. I've got a few. The Weirdly, I don't know why I'm not a, the like world's hugest fan of this band, but the first name that came to my mind when I thought, who's a band with a perfect name for who they are is The Clash. Okay. Yeah. That's good. For some reason for me, that just uh-huh. fits. Okay. And, and I, every time everybody's got their vision, when I hear The Clash, I hear the, I see the London Calling album okay. with them smashing the guitar. Like that's the one yeah. that I hear every time I hear that. That's good. I like yeah. that. Okay. Who you got? You want to throw one? Yeah, sure. Uh, Spice Girls. <laughs> I feel like they, that's where I okay. go with that. All right. I think I hate them too much to agree or disagree. Okay, that's fine. Um, I think Leonard Skinner. That's good. I like that. That's the, great. There could have been yeah. no other name oh, for Leonard Skinner. That's perfect. Uh, rage Against the Machine. I have that one as yeah, well. Rage. You got to be rage. Totally agree. It is. It's everything that they're about. It's everything that they are. Um, how about the Sex Pistols? Okay, that's yeah. To me, that fits. Uh-huh. It's rude, raunchy. It's gross. It's inappropriate. Yeah, that's good, especially for the UK. Uh-huh. Like it just no. I only, no, no, no. I only have two more. I okay. got a uh, Black Sabbath. Great. I, I feel one. like Black Sabbath are great dark. one. That's very good for yes for the kind of image. Now it, it's one of those things that like I have the same question about Black Sabbath that I have about Beach Boys. Okay. okay, well, that was my last one. That was your last That's one. That's my last okay. one. Okay, so now I'm done. Beach Boys was my next one. Okay, so my question is, and I don't even know if I'm going to be able to articulate this. Are you going to ask the order? Like, okay, go ahead. Well, it, ask your question. Okay, I'll, my question I'll, is, because I think you're I'm with thinking. me, does their music fit the name perfectly? Or do or do or do they fit because they made the music that's associated I guess with the, them? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like the Beach Boys made beach music, but was were they called the Beach Boys because they were making beach music? Yes. Or is it beach music because the Beach Boys did it? Yes. It's the chicken or the egg kind of thing. Yes, for exactly. Me. So, yes, that's a great question. That it's was my the, last one. So. It's the same thing about um. There was a a a, a classical composer named Aaron Copland, mm-hmm. and he wrote a lot of the stuff that we associate with Western music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about like the, you know, the beef, it's what's for dinner thing. Right? Okay. 
he got associated with that sound to the point where at this point, I'm not sure we know if that's what music in the West felt like or if he is so associated with it that we assume that's what music in the West felt like. It's that, it's that kind of thing, okay? Uh, I have one more band with perfect names, and I think, I think this is a great one. How about the Highwaymen? Oh yeah. Right. That's, good, that's yeah. Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, uh Waylon Will, Jennings Willie and, and Willie Nelson. Yeah, that's great. They are appropriate. Perfect call oh, the highway. Yeah, that's that's good one to end the list on. Yeah. I was I and then I immediately went, we'll do this another time. I'm not gonna do a whole list, but like ones that don't fit, like that are completely different. The first one that popped in my head was Ten Thousand Maniacs. Yes. Because they are well, you see Ten Thousand Maniacs and I'm like and then I hear the music, I'm like, no. Yeah, you expect the clash. Yeah, exactly. If you, you expect, hear 10,000 Maniacs. So that was the first one. That 100% agree with you on that. So, and Couldn't we'll do that list sometime on another one. Yeah. Uh, I want to highlight uh, some some of the more stuff off of uh, off the album Dragons. Go listen to it in its completion. It's got stuff on it that will break your heart. Yeah. There's a song uh, on there um, that is about his brother um, who passed away from spina bifida at a young age. And uh, there's a song in there dedicated to him that is just a gut-wrenching song. And if you've ever lost somebody close to you, it will just destroy you uh, and also uh, be good for you at the same time. You know what I mean? Um, But I want to play... So Family is the opening track to this album, which is just perfect. I want to play the second track, though. This is is End of the World from the same album, Dragons. And you want to talk about a perfect song to come out of 2019. Right, right before. Right before. I mean, End of the World was it. Uh-huh. In, like in 2020, kind of a lot of people had this idea to c- come out with, you know what I mean? Because we were like, well, I get, this is the end of the world. But this sucker was really ready for what was about to happen. Okay, so this is, this is End of the World. And this is about as close to pop as he gets. Man. Haven't you heard some smoke if you got Boys and girls say goodbye. That sounds so good. I, I mean, incredible. Dude, come on. Sometimes I am afraid to die. My flesh and bones won't. This is somewhere between. It has the same kind of DNA somewhere between, uh, like, um, who am I thinking of? Like, Avett Brothers, Need to Breathe, and Ben Rector kind of all rolled up in a thing. You know what I mean? Has that same sort of honesty that I feel a lot with Ben Rector. Um, and, uh, but just, oh, it just, such a great song. So many great songs on this album and on all his albums. The guy can just write songs. He's, he, he, he's got this thing where, he sounds so genuine, and he sounds so trustworthy, I think is something that I'm driving at, that some of his stuff is doesn't even have to be that um, – I'm, I'm trying to use another word for original. but it, You know what I mean? It's stuff that is not like groundbreaking doesn't thought. doesn't have to be super deep. Yes. It just – he can lay it out on its face, and it, and it hits you – uh, in a way that it would come if, if it was coming from, you know, he's like dispensing fatherly advice, 
You know what I mean? Uh, really more like an uncle, right? Like a, an uncle that you love that is like, you know, forget Kyrie Irving. He's the real <laughs> Uncle Drew, right? Okay, Drew Holcomb is the real Uncle Drew. Um, he sounds like the voice of your conscience. That's good. You know, he's yeah. the modern Jiminy Cricket, uh-huh. right? He's on your shoulder <laughs> yeah. talking you through it. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you know what? You're going to get through this. Uh-huh. Uh, but let me tell you, you need to go shave. You, need to, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's just, he's like, he can be a little, uh, a little stern, uh-huh. uh, you know, and uh, might smell a little bit like bourbon sometimes, <laughs> but uh, it's because he owns the bourbon company. He's the dude. He's the busiest guy in Nashville, probably. Like Ray Stevens and Drew Holcomb, <laughs> they be busy. Okay, uh, he. I mean, he's got his fingers in so many pies. And we'll talk to him about some of it. But he is is co-owner of a bourbon company, co-owner of a golf course. Uh, he runs uh, the festival uh, in Chattanooga that we'll talk to him about. That is like one of the uh, like cool festivals it's like i mean you talk about a a lineup uh for if you're a fan of this yeah you gotta go you have got to be at the at the moon river festival it's insane Uh, i think this year we'll we'll let him we got him to give us a little yeah yeah, okay so give a teaser on it'd be good yeah yeah um okay let's see no i'm not gonna get into all that okay um there's a great article, and I'll just let you, rather than quoting from it, go read the article on the song You Never Leave My Heart uh, from this album. There's a Rolling Stone album that is sort of a, a bit of a retrospective on Drew Holcomb and sort of a catching everybody up because, uh, you know, a lot of people were still learning who he was. So they're Rolling like, Stone article. Rolling Stone article. What did I say? Album. Oh, album. Yes, I'm sorry. Not, a, not an album by the Rolling Stone. That's right, yes. There's an article in Rolling Stone. Thank you. Yes, on the song. And part of it is on the song You Never Leave My Heart, which is sort of a, a memorial to his to his late brother. Um, and um, it, it talks about a, a lot of those things and and even his his difficulty in recording that song because it was so personal and, you know, whatever. Um yeah. Okay. Let's just do this. Ready to stump the genius? Let's do Let's it. Let's play the game. I was trying to hold it off as long as possible. Let's just do it. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. It's time to stump the genius. Jump up and take your part. I take your part. All right, guys. This is going to be a, a new round of Stump the Genius. This is one of my favorites. As you know, we're talking about family. So I have pulled Rob's family what? without his knowledge. What? Of how well do you know your family? I have talked to Crystal. I got stuff from Crystal, David, Daniel, Emily, Nathan, your mom, and your mom helped me get your dad's. Oh so we've my. got seven questions here. Bro, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> What's about to happen here? Okay. All right. I, I'm not ready for this. I'm this not is, ready for this. You're going to do fantastic. This is stuff that you're probably going to know. I better. You, it's I, okay if you don't, but we're cheering for you. Okay. Everybody around the world is cheering. Your family's cheering. Wow. So this is on family. So we're going to have some family time okay. here. Okay. All right. So, uh, this is from my brother. Here we go. <laughs> we'll start with your wife. What is Crystal's favorite TV show? Mash. Mash. 100%. Boom. I got to have okay. the bell. Hang Easy on. Pause one. while I get the bell. <laughs> You know what? I'll just do it from my mouth. I don't okay. know what's that. All right. No, the bell's better. <laughs> Pause. I'll come right back. Okay. All right. We're back with the bell. I ran up the stairs and got the bell. Okay. Rob is one for one. All right. No and crystals. TV show is MASH. All right. David, I've got two things for here, and I don't know which one I'm going to go with. David is my oldest son. David is his oldest He's son. You can talk 16. 16. Uh, I'm going to let you pick. Movie or artist? <laughs> uh, I, you Just ask me the question. Favorite movie? What do you think? 
David's favorite movie. I feel like this could change week to it week. It can, and this is tough. Um, but what's his what's his favorite movie? I think there's no way it's this. Is it Cars? It's not Cars. It's okay. Dark Knight. The Dark. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Artist. Um, All right. I should have known that. Billy Joel oh. was the artist. Okay. I probably so could have got to I Billy Joel. I probably should have picked that I, one. Maybe. Okay. All right. Yeah. I could have pulled that one out. Daniel's favorite superhero? Daniel's favorite superhero uh, is... Daniel's favorite superhero is Thor? Spider-Man. I'm an idiot. Dude, I am not doing well under this pressure. We're going we're to go back and re-record them, and you're going to get them. <laughs> so I'm going to give them to you. Okay, the ones you don't get. We'll I'm an idiot. No, and you're gonna, you're gonna, your family's going to love you for it. No, so it's be, fine. No, they it's won't good. care. We're it, gonna, can, it can be like this. No, we're going to go back and do it. We're going to redo the, do the two. <laughs> um, okay. Emily's fave. Okay, Emily's. What does she want to do when she grows up? She wants to be a teacher. She wants to open an animal shelter in a barn. Okay. All right. She wants to open an animal <laughs> She wants to teach animals. That's right. Teach animals. Nathan's favorite superhero. In her heart, listen, she's going to be a teacher. She's going to be she a teacher. She wants to be a teacher. It's all she does. <laughs> Nathan's okay. favorite superhero. Nathan's favorite superhero uh, is, all right, this is a close one. Um, I feel like it also kind of depends on the day, but I'm going to say Iron Man. It is Batman. Correct. Batman? That wasn't even my second option was Black Panther. <laughs> mom's favorite Christmas or mom's favorite movie. Okay, Whoops. that's White Christmas. That is White Christmas. I can listen. I wouldn't be able to. Li- I would go jump off a bridge if I didn't know that. Dad's favorite sport. Dad's favorite sport is baseball. Baseball. Okay, Very yeah. good. Okay. Do we want to go back and read it? I want to do those. Again. No. Those, no. No. Uh, let's I, let, let's let it all out there. Rob's a deadbeat dad who no, doesn't Rob know his kids. A wonderful dad. I understand. In, no, in my heart, this played out so wonderfully. And this was the greatest family moment ever. Uh, and everybody was hugging and crying and loving. But I didn't realize the pressure of that. Thank you. Oh, uh, man. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> this was the greatest moment ever in my head. The peak of family. Sorry. Uh, no. Um, anyway. I'm too busy, guys. I need to take a break from the podcast. No, to spend is, time went, with my family. It's become quick. obvious to me over time that that I've grown distant from them and that my work is keeping me away. So no. <laughs> not the point of this game. Um, thank you for those of y'all family members that helped. <laughs> it was so funny. We talked about, I think it was on this episode. It was early in this episode where Rob's like, I talked to some of y'all more than my mom. Yeah. Rob's mom is the only other name in my phone that says mom. So mm. I see her name on the regular because I call my it mom. Says, and yeah. so I'll type mom. And so I have mom, mom and then I have Donna, Rob's mom. Got you. So I, I told her when we were laughing, I was like, I see your name all the time. So, yeah, but, um, but family, guys. Family. <laughs> family. Uh, on a credit card. Wow. Okay. All right. I need to spend more time with my kids. No, uh, no, no. That, he loves his family. He's a great dad. Uh, they they love superheroes. It's great. And, and artists. That's and, hilarious. All and right. I was pretty proud of that. And pretty, I thought that would be a clean. <laughs> I was so excited. I've never been so- I love it, dude. No, you know, it's good to fall on your face every now and then. That's fine. That's good. Uh, is there anything else we need to cover on Drew before we go talk to Drew? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I, uh, let me just, you know, let's take a break. I'm going to call my mom, and let's get Drew Holcomb on the line. Let's do it. And uh, see what we can do. No, seriously. I, um, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't know how to segue out. 
Alright, let's hit a little bit of this So you can hear Ellie Holcomb uh, We haven't really heard her voice But she has a gorgeous voice This is See the World From the Dragons album They did in In the 2020 quarantine um, And we talked to Drew a little bit about this But they did Kitchen covers where Every night they would be on Instagram Live doing a different cover. Just him and Ellie. Um, and even on your phone on Instagram, it was just beautiful. You know what I mean? Their kitchen had these great acoustics or whatever, and him on his acoustic just sounded fantastic. But this is it. it this is... It's, it just makes you feel good about yourself and... It's, it's like Drew Holcomb believes in you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like whatever you're doing. He's cheering for you. Yeah, he wants he wants your life to work out for the best. I can't wait to watch you see the world with your own eyes. Ellie is no longer an official part of uh, of the neighbors. She was for a long time, but then um, she you know became a sort of occasional partner for the band. Um, in, I think around 2012, maybe 2014. Anyway, that's her on the BGVs. I thought she took... I was thinking she took a took a verse there, but I must be thinking of something else. Anyway, all right. I think that's going to wrap us up for this portion of the episode with Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. But we got a great conversation coming with the man himself, uh, Drew Holcomb. And his delightful beard. Um, <laughs> he has a great beard that I'm super jealous of. And uh, he, uh, did we, t- we talked to him about shaving half of it, right? Didn't he? I don't Didn't remember. we talk to him about that? Maybe. At some point. He did, a, he did a thing on Instagram where he was sort of trimming and shaving. And then he, I think he shaved half of it, um, <laughs> which was great. So, And we, uh, we asked him for a good Dave Barnes story. And he delivered oh, immediately. Oh, man. So good. Immediately. So stick around for that. Uh, we're liking, uh, you know, all our all our friends now. We have a lot of uh, connections that we have made in and around our relationship with Dave Barnes. And uh, so we, when we get those guys on, we like to ask them a good Dave story because <laughs> it's just good to know. It just helps us to know. So uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes, but we're going to talk to Drew Holcomb. In the meantime, go to facebook.com uh, slash groups slash great song pod, and you can be part of our Facebook group, uh, Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Great Song Pod. And if you want to go the extra mile and be part of producing the show, you can support the show at patreon.com slash Great Song Pod. And we can in turn give you things like bonus material, behind the scenes goodies, extra episodes, early releases, extended interviews, and more. We do our best to uh, be able to give you some added value if you decide to support the show in that way. So if you want to do that, you can go to patreon.com slash great song pod and you can be part of the great pates um and uh and support the show in that way we'll be uh back at the end to tuck you in and say your prayers but for now let's kick it over to our interview with drew holcomb this is the great song podcast ladies and gentlemen as promised we are here with drew holcomb the man of beautiful voice beautiful hats beautiful songs (laughs) Beautiful guitars uh, and a stellar be- beard. A beautiful. Li- oh, are you kidding me? The beard game is so strong. Uh, Drew, thanks so much for being with us today on the Great Song Podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, I gotta, I gotta start here. Um, I think 
I want to know who's uh, musically at least whose torch are you carrying? Uh, who are if they if they tested the soil that you grew from? Uh, wh- who would they find trace elements of? Well, I, mean, I, 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 you know, I think if we get to choose who we who we are sort of associated with in that way, I'd, I'd love to think that Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, okay, is sort of the the torch that we like. We would love to carry. I mean, you know, there's such like, um, I feel a lot of kinship with uh, the idea of him as a songwriter, uh, um, him as a a band leader, his band, you know, they were together for so long, you know, making music together, um, started young, like, like we did. Um, and then, you know, there's elements of Springsteen, Dylan. I mean, I, I don't know. It's interesting, you know, being in Nashville, whenever I meet people who, uh, don't know me or know my music, they assume I'm a country artist, mm-hmm. which, you know, obviously I'm not, um, especially not in sort of a current country world, but you know, like Petty's got these like, Elements of of country folk, uh, rock and roll, pop, R and B, you know, all that stuff kind of mixed in together. And so, yeah, if I get to pick one, it's Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. That's excellent. I, I mean, there's not much else to to to. Yeah, that, there's not a much better answer to that question. I think um, you have been doing this for a long time. Actually, you went to uh, you went to oh, college. Yeah, at, you went to UT. Yeah, I'm a huge Vols yeah, fan. Pulled out my uh, made sure to. Oh, boom. There we go. Looking sharp. I like it. I mean, I do UT hat, UT face mask, (laughs) UT glasses. Like, you're all in. I'm a nerd. My my room when I was growing up is like painted orange, UT wallpaper. Like, it's loud electric annoyance. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) Go falls. You might need to get some help with that. (laughs) (laughs) My family. So, like, speaking of family, my, uh, whenever they hang up the phone, instead of saying like, goodbye, I love you, they all say go falls. Like, that's how they hang up. They're like, Go Vols. That's awesome. It's, yeah, That's awesome. It's kind of weird. Shout out to Uncle Mark, Uncle Steve, Dad. <laughs> go Vols. I, did, I didn't even know that about you. <laughs> there, there learning, you go. learning things about each other. But And you're actually kind of living uh, in in part every Vols fan's dream because now you are uh, kind of in business uh, with Peyton Manning uh, with the Sweet Cove <laughs> That's Bourbon. Right. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. It's such an interesting idea. Tell us about Sweeten's Cove itself and then how the bourbon got involved and, and all that. Yeah, so Sweeten's Cove is this you know, little nine-hole – Field of Dreams type golf course in in East Tennessee near Chattanooga, and I'm, I'm a golfer, so I started going there. I heard about it. It's sort of a pilgrimage type site, you know. Um, if if you know, you know kind of place. And some people go and don't really get it, and some people go and love it. Well, anyways, I I, I knew that it was um, that Rob, the designer and owner, was you know looking for partners and kind of trying to figure out how to make it sustainable long term. And then I, I heard that he was. Um, that Peyton Manning and Andy Roddick and a few friends of theirs bought it. And so I was pretty intrigued by that. Andy Roddick is a friend of mine through golf. Um, and he, so he called me six months later and said, Hey, we just would really love to get like a, a a real Tennessean musician involved. Um, not like somebody who's a big country singer, but like somebody who really is from here who knows, you know, and I've, I've lived all over the state. So, um, you know, and then Peyton also called me and asked me to get involved. And um, he and I had sort of tangentially, uh, you know, we were acquaintances. We'd met three or four times. Um, I, I went to, like I said, I went to UT and actually got his scholarship. I was a Manning scholar, which was a is a scholarship that he endowed when he left. So we had met through that. And, and anyways, long, it was kind of just like one of those lots of, you know, um, inter, inter, interactions, intersections. 
so when they asked me to be a part of it, I love bourbon. I love Tennessee. I love the golf course. I love being the, you know, the musician on the group. So it was a, kind of a perfect combo. Yeah. And you've got, uh, not only as a, as, as a, uh, as, as a sort of lifelong Tennessean. And like you said, you were you born in Chattanooga, right? And then born in Memphis. Oh, born in Memphis. Okay. Okay. Born in Memphis. Yeah. And you've lived in Chattanooga, Nashville, you know, kind of all over, uh, school in mm-hmm. Knoxville. Um, and so as, as sort of an extension of that, uh, it seems to me came the moon river festival. Um, and, uh, tell us a little bit about, I know, you know, of course, 2020 was the freaking worst and, uh, yeah. and had to, had to cancel the moon river fest, but I know you're planning to bring it back this year. Is that right? Yeah. I originally started it. So like, uh, like I said, I grew up in Memphis. I feel like Memphis was sort of an underserved music market. And so I, there's this venue there that I love called the Levitt shell. And it's kind of this old school outdoor venue. It's where Elvis actually had his first public performance, <laughs> um, back in the day. Um, so yeah, we rented it out for a day and put together this one day, like eight band festival. Um, it's kind of a family reunion of sorts for bands that I have gotten to know out on the road. And, and so the second year it grew to a, to a much sort of bigger event, uh, doubled the capacity. And then the third year we went to, to two days, but honestly had gotten kind of overworked and over exhausted putting together a festival. It was just a lot more work than me and my manager, who was my partner on it. Um, thought it would be, but it was a lot of fun. So we, we, we decided to sort of see if we could find somebody else who knows what they're doing, take it over. And that's when we got involved with AC Entertainment. AC Entertainment's in Knoxville. They're, they started Bonnaroo and still run Bonnaroo. Uh, they're amazing. They, they've been promoting a lot of our shows in the Southeast for years. And so, um, uh, Memphis just had some, uh, had some, kind of too many festivals, honestly, at the scale that we wanted to grow to. And so Chattanooga didn't really have, um, they have, they have ones called Riverbend, but it's more of a multi-genre sort of city owned festival. It's great, but it was different than what we wanted to do. So we found this, you know, great spot, Coolidge Park and decided to move to Chattanooga. And the, the, we did it two years and we had a third year booked, but then COVID canceled, obviously that, that third year there, which is our sixth year overall to do it. So we've done it five times. This will be our sixth time in eight years, um, uh, pending that we get to pull it off. But I think I, th- I think I think it's looking bright. I think we're planning on pulling it off. Excellent. All things. You, got any, you want to consider. reveal any uh, any guests? By the time we air this, I think it'll actually be August, so it'll actually almost be upon us by the time. If oh yeah, I saw yeah, on the, okay. I saw so, yeah, on the I can, website can, that September was the plan. So yeah, I, you guys can keep a secret. So absolutely. Um, our, our headliners are going to be Wilco and Lord Huron. Excellent. Yeah, okay. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, so uh, then we've got Lake Street Dive, um, Amethyst Kia. We've got a lot of great acts. We're still sort of putting the whole thing together, but we'll be announcing on on May thirteenth. So um, that's great. By, by the, yeah, so by the time this airs, people will will be able to will be able to come. I hope you know. I hope it's sold out by August, but we'll see. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely do what we can to help promote for sure. There, yeah, sounds good. There are parts of these where we just kind of rapid fire things that we love about the artists that we're hanging out with. So this is my section to just kind of I'm just going to blast you with things Let's that I think are it. super cool, and then I'll try to find a way to make it question oriented just so you can participate. <laughs> we call this but the self esteem. section. This is like yeah, this is build up Drew. This is the build up Andrew Holcomb uh, section. Um, the wine we drink, I think, is in the ten most beautiful simple songs ever. It's not super complex, but it's beautiful, and you and Ellie are perfect in it. Fire and Dynamite, the novel in a sea of magazines, and you are the red in a sea of black and white, 
is the most vivid visual lyric that I think you have on a Drew <laughs> album. That is money. And I saw you play this live. And something that I noticed is you were playing a telly capoed on the second fret. And Ellie is also playing an acoustic guitar capoed on the second fret. Y'all are both playing the same part, which to have two guitar players, when y'all play together, do you typically do that a lot around the house? Are you like, we're going to do similar things just because of the way you play? Or are you like, when y'all put together guitar like to parts? Compliment. Yeah, you do yeah. Well, neither, neither one of us are really like, you know, lead players. And so, you know, basically we just try to find, we kind of play the same thing, but find like some, you know, tonal differences so like w- whether that's the electric and the acoustic or maybe it's you know capo in a different different place uh or, but typically you know nowadays we're either me on guitar and her on mandolin or i'm on this uh i played this old 50s gibson es125 with a single coil pickup and um and she plays acoustic it just kind of like tones it out and, and our sound guy you know might pan them a little bit right and left so that um, you know, they're sort of sonically hitting people on different sides of their face, but, um, yeah, I mean, we, we, you were, you know, I'm just, I, I've like come to just, uh, accept the fact that I, I'm a rhythm guitar player and I love that. I think I'm, I think I'm a pretty good rhythm guitar player. Um, but I, I, I sort of stay in my lane on that and, and, and Ellie honestly does too. So part of the problem with having a great band is that you just, you lean on them a lot and you're like, well, why would I learn how to play lead when Nathan's on my team, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's like, you know, why would I learn to pitch when I've got, you know, Roger Clemens on the mound? (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's a great, that's, you're speaking our language. We're we're baseball geeks. uh, That's awesome. The, uh, and you surrounded yourself with good producers and stuff too. You've done a lot of work with Case and Cooley. I'm a Case and Cooley guy. I love to stuff with Ingrid Michelson, Ben Rector, all that. He grew up, uh, his family was in the cathedrals, right? The cathedral. Yeah, court? well, they were. Yeah, the yeah, they were. Yeah, yes, gospel. Southern quartet. gospel quartet. He, or something? Yeah, he grew, he grew up on the road. That's that's cool. How about your harmonica skills um, on yeah. sur- on survival? The uh, with need to breathe. You, <laughs> go to for our listeners. Go to minute one sixteen um, and and listen to uh, listen to his harmonica brilliance on survival. Um, do you <laughs> do you practice harmonica a lot, or is that something that no, you're? I, just, I, no, it's kind of more the Dylan approach, you know, like put the, put the, make sure you got the right key on and just let it rip. Just go. Uh, you know, <laughs> you also just, have it's one. It's like, go ahead. You know, just, just let the emotion take over. That's you right. Know? That's right. Close your eyes and do it, right? Well, you have an yeah, unmistakable right. voice too. So if you're listening yeah. to the same song, go to minute 244. And when you come in singing, you'll know that's Drew. Like that's your right. voice is so unmistakable. When Drew's voice comes Thank in, you. it doesn't even matter the song. When your voice comes in, it's just like, it's, it, your voice sounds like, being hugged, what being oh, hugged nice. feels you like, know? you know. Oh, that's great! I'm gonna like, put that on a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> as as a writer, um, first of all, you know, you you're obviously you're married to Ellie, who is incredibly talented in her own right, uh, and comes from a, a family that is just you know talented off the charts in so many different ways. How does that work as far as the dynamic? How do you guys write together? And when you're you know if you're working on stuff for the neighbors or if she's working on stuff for her solo stuff, how, how, how does all that work in your house? Yeah, it's, it's sort of, uh, evolved, honestly. So when we first, you know, got married, I was already touring and had already put out a record and, um, she wasn't really doing a lot of writing. She was a school teacher at the time. 
she would just come sing with me on the weekends. And then we kind of decided that we were spending too much time apart. And so I convinced her to join the band. And so she had to learn how to play some stuff. And she kind of knew how to play the guitar at the time, but she learned how to play the guitar better, learned how to pick up the mandolin, learned sort of the basic, you know, eight chords, the mandolin and, uh, you know, learn how to play the tambourine. Everybody thinks that's a, uh, an easy thing. It's actually not at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she had to spend quite a bit of time on that. So, uh, then we started doing some writing together on the, uh, the good light record. She co-wrote, um, place to lay my head, another man's shoes. And one other one I'm forgetting. Um, anyway, so she did some co-writing on that record. Uh, and then medicine, when she left the band, uh, she co-wrote a couple songs also on chasing someday. Uh, and then million, million miles away was an acoustic record. We did. She co-wrote, uh, you know, she wrote the words to hung the moon. I wrote the music. Then um, I'm, I'm blanking on whatever else we co-wrote, but there's a mercy. Maybe we co-wrote anyways. Um, I was primarily writing alone. I, I never really, I moved to town, started kind of did the co-writing thing for about a year and realized how much I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> and especially in the, in the country world. And so meanwhile, we're writing songs for, um, you know, for the good light record. And she keeps writing songs basically that she's like, Oh, sorry. I wrote another one about Jesus. You know, And, <laughs> and I'm awful. like, Oh, that's awesome. But you probably should start your own thing. You know, uh, it's not really what I do. So, um, yeah. So, so really from about whatever, 2000, uh, 2012 or 13, 11, I can't remember when good light came out. 2013, good light came out. We didn't co-write again for probably like six years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we just kind of had like, you know, our different lanes. And it wasn't like some thing where yeah, like, yeah. I'm not writing I'm not writing with you. It's just sort of how it went. I like to write alone. She likes to write with, with a lot of other people. She loves to co-write with tons of different folks. Like every, almost every song on, on every one of her records is a co-write and with a, probably a dozen different writers. Not each song with a dozen, but, right, right. Sure. you know. So that's for LA. That's, that's the LA pop writing. <laughs> that's the LA, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So she loves to get in the room with one or two people and, and write a song on my latest record dragons. I actually did that for the first time in a long time. Um, I mean, I had written some songs with my bandmates, written, written a couple songs with Ellie, but medicine only has one co-write on it. It was with the producer, uh, Ian Fitchick. And so I kind of just got in this thing of writing by myself and then I decided to do this EP with my friends, Abner and Amanda from Johnny Swim. Mm-hmm. And we co-wrote uh, a couple songs. And then I co-wrote a couple song, a song with Andy and Kyle from Penny and Sparrow. And that trio of artists did, a, did a, a, an EP and a tour together. And that kind of really got, gave me the bug to co-write. And I had met all these great writers along the way. People like Lori McKenna and Natalie Hemby and Sean McConnell and, they always said like, man, I'd love to write a song with you. And I was like, yeah, let's do it sometime. And then I wouldn't follow up. And all right. of a sudden I was like, what am I, what am I doing? Like Lori McKenna has won like four Grammys, wants to write songs with me. <laughs> and I haven't like put, made that a priority. So that's, that's a bad, a bad idea. So on dragons, I, I really I used to write in spurts. Like I'd write like 25, 30 songs in three months and then make a record out of that and then not write again for a year. Yeah. With, with dragons I actually wrote like every week for 18 months and lots of co-writing and really, it gave me a better, a better sort of collection of songs to choose from. Uh, it's a fantastic record. I listened to the whole thing this morning again on the way, just to uh, just to kind of get in the mood, and it's just so good. I, uh, Thank you, you know, you. Uh, make it look so easy. 
Um, well, I yeah. listened to Magnolia EP, so you can tell Ellie that's what I was listening yeah. to. Come over. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> but, but, uh, she, she writes some really good stuff, too. So let's do the edification of Ellie. Make this little 30-second uh, plug this in do for it. her. Don't Forget His Love is, uh, is what is going to be playing on the escalator overhead as I race through the clouds to the judgment seat in heaven. <laughs> that's the song. So Don't Forget His Love. That's my escalator ride up. Escalator to Jesus song. Es- escalator to Jesus. So make sure to tell her that. Um, he will is what the world needs to hear, and the broken beautiful is on my parents' radio all the time because they listen to CCM nonstop. Yeah. So shout out to That's Ellie; awesome. she's fantastic. So tell her thanks for what <laughs> yeah, she does. she is. I will. I will. When you're when you're writing, whether whether you know for yourself writing with somebody else, um, I'm interested to know. Um, you know, obviously, you have a really firm grip on who you are as an artist, and 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 sort of what your lane is, and what you you know want to be. Um, what sort of temptations do you have to avoid when you're writing in order, in order to maintain that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I think, I think the older I've gotten, the easier that's, that, that has, that sort of mental gym, the, the mental fight has, has, has become on that. I, I just, I don't have, I know pretty quickly if I'm chasing something that's dishonest, uh, or, or, um, or is is copycatting, you know? So I, I have I have a pretty good BS meter on myself. Um, so I, in general, I'm pretty good now at sort of you know sort of walking down the correct path in in the sense that um, I enjoy writing things that I know I'm gonna like, um, and I don't really write for other people very much. I just have kind of realized that's not really. I'm just, I, I, you know, it's not, I, I'll give it a go, you know, like I've had some, some very successful country artists say, Hey, we should write sometime. And so I'll say, yeah, sure. Let's give it a go. So far it hasn't really like yielded a lot of fruit, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, commercially at least. So, you know, all that. And I, I just like writing what I like to write. I, I hate sitting in a room and, and saying some or singing something that I'm like, Oh, that's so good. I love that. And, and having the other person being like, I don't really like that. It's like, well, <laughs> I do. It's my it's, song. It's so, good. So get out of here. <laughs> you know, you're talking you to know, him. Dave, Come on. Dave's one of the only ones I like to write with uh, for just for fun because we like, cause, you know, he's uh, Dave Barnes, who I'm talking about. So he uh, he's uh, he's so versatile. He can really write anything, you know, um, so he can write for me. We can, you know, kind of just have a good time. But uh the the songs that like family's a good example. That's one that like I'd been chewing on this idea. I, I'm one of um, 28 grandkids on my mom's side. That's a lot, and it's a lot. It was just like a lot of chaos, and family was a big part of sort of my life. And so I had always thought I'd be, be cool to write a song about it. But I I tried to force it a few times and tried to like put these particular characters into the song, and just didn't wasn't really working. Then. So that so I kind of shelved it for like three years. And then all of a sudden one day I just like, you know, basically wrote that song in like, I don't know, like maybe an hour and a half, maybe wow. less. And, uh, you know, it doesn't even have a chorus. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's just, I, it's been good for me not to try to play by any rules. I mean, I, I like to, I think one thing that's good for me is to listen to songwriters that I love when I'm in the writing seasons. Um, you know, you're never going to hurt yourself as a sort of songwriter listening to great writers like, Paul Simon, Carol King, Bob Dylan, you know, like it's just they're going to rub off. But then you have to be careful not to sort of like I remember I, I uh listened to when I was doing the kitchen covers, uh 
last spring. You know, I wanted like after we did, I did Joni Mitchell's Both Sides Now, and I was like, man, I've got to write a song like this. And I tried for like four days to try to like <laughs> write a song that was sort of had the same sort of structure. And also, I was like, I can't do it. It's not there. I'll come back to it later. You know, and I'm sure I'll, I'm sure it'll eventually inform a particular song, but you, didn't happen that didn't happen that time. You were one of the first people that I saw sort of uh, trying to make some lemonade out of 2020 uh, with the kitchen covers, <laughs> uh, you know, and eventually I, I saw a lot of people do that, you know, because people needed to do something, even just to have the creative outlet. Um, but you sure. ended up, you know, putting out the uh, the LPs and, and, and all that stuff. How did that sort of evolve from, hey, let's just get on Instagram and, you know, do some covers yeah. to let's, let's actually do this and put this out? Well... It- <clears throat> It was very organic. I, I I was home, did this Instagram video where I shaved my beard, <laughs> and like because I haven't, I don't think my fans have ever seen my face in like ten years because that has been how long it had been since, or maybe eleven years since I'd shaved. Like you know, fifty thousand people like tuned into my Instagram live <laughs> <laughs> of me shaving my beard. So all of a sudden, my manager's like, "Hey, you got a captive audience," you know. Do, do with that what you will. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'll just play a cover tomorrow night in, in the kitchen. And I chose the kitchen because all the hard surfaces, it's got a lot of natural reverb. Yeah, sounds great. Or man, man-made reverb, whatever. And, you know, it's like, oh, we, we had just opened the Avid Brothers New Year's Eve show two and a half months earlier. So I was like, oh, we'll play an Avid Brothers song, my favorite song, No Hard Feelings. Uh, and it got like, and I thought maybe we'd get like, you know, 5,000 listens or whatever. And it was like, Bam, it just blew up. Uh, and so we're like, well, do it again tomorrow night. We're not doing anything else. You know, we're just sitting here at the house. This is like when people are like, you know, Lysoling their mail. I mean, it was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was like real dark. Everybody was afraid to go outside. <laughs> um, you know, and, and we were taking it seriously, but it was also just like, wow, I mean, like, I still got to go get some groceries, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it felt like the end of the world. So we just were like, well, let's do it. So I started, we started doing it, doing it, doing it. And next thing you know, we did 44 straight nights of it. And then we started doing one every like three days. We ended up doing about 65 of them. And we knew about day 10 that we were onto something. And so, and, and also at the exact same time, we're literally losing like a show every three days. Like right. it's canceling. Yeah. And we had like 50 or 60 festivals and shows lined up that year. And, you know, I have, you know, Basically, I have employees. I have people that count on us to go to work, and I didn't want to have to, you know, let anybody go. So we came up with the vinyl pre-order idea, just to, just like see what happens, and ended up selling like fifteen thousand copies. So awesome. yeah, That's it was great. crazy. And you're, you know, you you're also the the founder of and still involved very much with the the Magnolia um, Record Club, um, which I think is a cool idea. And you sort of curate the. Um, you know, the, the, the thing that goes out every month. Um, and it's such a cool idea. What, what got you started? What, what got you thinking? Like, this is something that, you know, that I can do that, that will be, uh, you know, sort of extension of who you are, but also, you know, getting people some, some cool new music. Yeah. It's, um, I, I was on dual tone records for one album chasing someday and they're a great record label, super artist friendly. They have people like shovels and rope, the Lumineers, shaky graves, Etc. Um, and a lot of cl- classic records as well. So they started a, a record club for records that they put out. And the, the, the one of the owners of the, of the label is a good friend of mine, lives down the street from us. And so I was like, oh, I'll do this. So I was like, oh, man, this would be a good idea. 
after after having it for four months, I was like, I wonder if like an artist curated version of this would would do well. And so I just called him. I was like, Hey, I'm going to steal your idea if, if you're okay with it, and uh, and and do like my own. I want to curate the records. And so my manager and I were like, Oh, let's do it. And they gave us the they gave us the the their blessing since we totally stole the idea. Uh, and the best part about it is we did it for about two and a half years, and then. Uh, that they bought it from us, so they uh, they basically merged the two, and yeah. now it's a mixture of their records and stuff that that is curated. And now instead of me curating it every month, we have a different artist that curates it every month. So, like I just got the new uh, Wesley Schultz record, who's the uh, lead singer of the Lumineers. He did like a little covers thing called Vignettes, and uh, uh, Simon Felice from the Felice Brothers wrote the letter and curated that. So it's cool. It's like. Uh, um, this little family thing of, I, I love, I just like the vinyl thing is so cool. We started collecting it on our honeymoon and it's just been a big part of our story. And we saw about seven years ago, CD sales just started just like tanking at live shows and vinyl was picking up like crazy. And people, you know, people pay 10 bucks for a CD, but they're willing to pay 30 for a vinyl record. It was yeah. like, this is kind of crazy. Um, so we just, yeah, came, became part of our story and decided to try the subscription thing and it worked. I did have one more uh, circle back to kitchen covers, and then sorry to go backwards, but uh, no, you're fine. The uh, two things, obviously, I like forever like that. The Ben Rector, that's probably my favorite yeah. of yours, and then I like Ellie's her version of Heart of Life by John Mayer is fantastic. Oh, um, but so good on the home Edward Sharp cover where she's doing the salt shaker perfection, which is fantastic. <laughs> At the beginning, you're like take seven. Do you have takes one through six somewhere for to, the special to do like uh, yeah for the uh, for the release? Are those anywhere to be found? Like for the man, uh, I think they're gone. I think oh, they, you man. know, my, I had an old iPhone, which all we were doing was literally, I'll show you, we were filming it like, you know, on a little tripod boom. iPhone. Like, Done. Boom. That that was our model. Everybody's like, how'd you get, get it to sound so good? And I'm like, no, we didn't do anything. To make it sound <laughs> good. Tiles, man. <laughs> but because I had this old iPhone, all of a sudden, like, I, like day 20, I had like these 20. You know, three and a half minute versions, which really was like 40 of them because everything was taking multiple takes. And uh, I was like, I got to start clearing these things out. So I started just sending the final ones to a Dropbox and then deleted everything else. And so looking looking back, I wish I had saved all of of those. (laughs) Right, right. They're like, no. (laughs) They're waiting on that vinyl box set. The home one, I don't know why it's like it's only like four chords, but it just like it's, that was when we were like, we cannot nail this song. What is so hard about this? You, you showed us the tripod. I feel like I just saw the piano at like Abbey Road or something. That's like such that's, right. that's, uh, that's right. That's music history right there. Okay, one other thing I love. So my favorite. I'm going to give you my favorite Drew Holcomb moment. I'm a huge – we talked about baseball. I'm also a big NBA fan. So playoff time, I'm a Lakers guy, maybe six or seven years ago, and I'm like, holy cow, that's live forever on there with the mo- the montage where Magic passes it to Kobe. It's even got Draws and Petrovich in there. I'm going, as a hu- Are you an NBA fan, and what's it like to be asked by the NBA to have your song in the montage for the playoffs? Well, I am an NBA fan. I'm not like a diehard, but I watch the playoffs. Okay. You know, uh, uh, Grizzlies fan. Who's your team? Okay, from Memphis, that makes Zach sense. Zach Randolph, yeah, yeah. So the ironic thing about that, it, it wasn't the NBA that it was TNT. Okay. So um, we actually, it was, it was, the, it was the year of the, the strike. And so the, the season just started halfway, and the first game was on Christmas morning, mm-hmm. right? 
And so I'm, I'm we're at the time, uh, no kids, we're spending the night at Ellie's parents' house with all her siblings. She's the oldest of five. And so, um, you know, wake up Christmas morning at like 10 a.m. or whatever, maybe 11. And it's like back, back when we were still sleeping late, you know, uh, pre kids. So I wake up to just like a barrage of texts and all these people on Instagram and Twitter. They're like, can you believe that? Oh, that was so cool. And I'm like, what is everybody talking about? And all of a sudden I see it. I'm like, wow, that is so awesome. But I'm also like, ah, nobody asked us about this. So, and everybody's like, are y'all rich now? You got the, you know, like the, the NBA. And we're like, uh, no. So I called my manager at the time. And I'm like, hey, do you know anything about this? And he's like, I don't know anything about this. I call Paul at Dual Tone. Like, do you know anything about this? And he's like, nope, this is definitely not cleared. What? And, uh, what in the world? So then we got in this whole long, like, thing with, TNT lawyers and stuff. I mean, it was kind of a well. I'm glad I could bring up a sore spot. Sorry about that. It was powerful. <laughs> no, no, we ended up we, we ended up getting uh, getting um, compensated, getting paid, good, compensated for it. And uh, I'll show you here my one of my prize possessions on the Zoom. So I won a I won a sports Emmy for that oh, piece. That's awesome. So, I did not know that. So you'll that's so cool. you'll love this. You love so again. I told you I'm one of 28 grandkids. Probably like in the lower third of athleticism in that. <laughs> In that, in that list. And um, Rick Riley was still at Sports Illustrated at the time, and he called the commercial the greatest sports commercial of all time. Goodness gracious. And, he, men- and he, go. mentioned, he, mentioned, he mentioned me by name, and so I sent an email out to all of my cousins. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, hey, I know you guys were like, you know, all city and whatever and all that, but uh, look who's in Sports Illustrated. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. That's that's great. That yeah. is fantastic. It was, it was a poet, poetic justice that's moment a, for me. Well, you are one of the kings of like sync licensing, you know, for the, and for the people who are listening who may not be familiar with that, it's kind of an inside term, but the that's when, you know, songs get matched up with commercials, TV shows, movies, um, and it's like, you know, some of your stuff is just ready-made, uh, you know, it seems like for advertising and for, you know, just when people need a, I call like, I think of your music, I, I describe it as like epic chill. Um, it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's like I said, it feels I like, like a hug. It's heartfelt, That's my it's new genre. Warm, but it's like, but it's big and it's, and it's got, you know, it's bold. Um, and so it's, it's just like ready-made for a lot of these things. How does that, how does that work for you does it just go now through your through your manager is it stuff that you routinely are surprised by or do you you know get a lot of it on the front end yeah i mean it was very surprising to me when the deadliest catch used you know live forever yeah um like so there's certainly i didn't write that song for a fishing montage um <laughs> so i'm always i'm always pretty surprised it's it's uh it's pretty interesting it has been a big part. We, I've, I've never really written like, like a lot of people will, will get these briefs and they'll try to write a song for a specific thing. I've never done that. I just make my records and you know we had there's a company uh, in LA and, and and here in Nashville that they pitch my music to TV and film and then and now like you said because I've been doing it for a long time, just a lot of those supervisors know my music and they just sort of have it on like on the ready. Um, and try to if it, if it makes sense for something. So Tyson Chicken, inter- that Tyson Chicken commercial, Tyson. man. Goodness gracious. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> saved saved our our year honestly um, because of all the loss of touring. So, anyways, um, we yeah, there's uh, like my favorite moment ever was 
the um, when American Beauty got used by um, Dick's Sporting Goods for their Christmas commercial, two thousand whatever, fourteen or fifteen, and uh, you know I wrote the song about like unrequited, like lost youthful love, like the the one that got away when you were a kid, you know, um, and so. They, they, my manager Paul sends me this email. And he's like, "Hey, here's the cut. The you know the commercial starts airing next week. This is like right before Thanksgiving, and the, the montage is this um, is this dad, and he gives his daughter a basketball goal, and they live in a cul-de-sac. He gives her a basketball, and she's like six years old, and for Christmas, and they're out there in the snow shooting hoops. And then it fast forward. This is all in like 35 seconds, you know. Of course, the next scene is him with her as like a middle schooler, and they're playing out in the summertime. And then the next scene is him." seeing her play basketball against her boyfriend as like a high schooler. And he's like a little older. The dad's a little older and he's like putting, putting the trash away, trying to like make it not let him know that he's watching. And then, and then the, the final scene to this line of the song, uh, you know, I wish I'd held her longer. I wish I'd held her long is like he, he's the mom and dad are putting her in the car to go to college under the basketball goal. And she's driving away. And I'm at the time, my daughter is two, two years old. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like sobbing. I'm like, I gotta go buy a basketball goal. Like, why'd you buy this big goal and put it? Yeah. In? But what's so interesting about that is I never thought of that song as like a as like a daughter song. Uh-huh. And now I sort of do. And so it kind of even rewrote the meaning of the song for me, wow. even though I'm the writer. That's, um, wow, that's powerful. Isn't that cre- Yeah, it's so interesting. So that, that whole world's been great for us. So instead Every of going to Dick's Sporting like Goods, says, you call it Play It Against Sports. You're like, hey, I'm looking for a discount. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, been, that's been fun. And a lot, of, and a lot of TV shows, too. I mean, they've had like some really sort of big moments in dramatic scenes where our song has sort of like been the soundtrack and that's been fun. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you mentioned earlier uh, Dave Barnes, who is a mutual friend and, and sort of got us, uh, helped to get us connected and, and together. Um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask for a good Dave Barnes story. Do you have anything that like, you know, we that's how we thank him is we like to ask people to embarrassing embarrass him stuff publicly. Um, so yeah, yeah, I got, I got, I got, I got kind of a crazy, I almost saw Dave Barnes die. Oh wow. Um, and then, and then, and then he tried to kill me too. So those are two quick ones. I'll tell you. So (laughs) the first time I, I, I knew Dave, um, and then he invited us to go on tour with him. And the first show of the tour was in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. So, um, Ellie, it's just Ellie and I driving our Volvo station wagon. We're open for him acoustic and he and his band are in this, you know, van and trailer, and we're driving down, like just we just passed Birmingham, kind of heading towards Tuscaloosa to go down to Hattiesburg. And the, the, we're, we come up on this trailer, and we're just like, "Oh, it's Dave." We're riding right behind Dave, and so uh, all of a sudden, I'm like, "What is that?" There's like a spark coming out of that trailer, and all of a sudden, the spark turns into a lot of sparks, it turns into fire. <laughs> And the, the wheel's on fire, you know? Oh, no. And I'm like t- calling him. I'm like, pull over. Your trailer's on fire. <laughs> and so they get pulled over. Like, the fire goes out when the, when they pull over. It's just like, basically, their ball, like the ball bearings and everything. The, 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 the trailer wheel was basically not connected at all. It was all, like, wobbling. And they're going 80 miles an hour down oh, the interstate. Man. So I, I saved Dave's life. Yeah. Um, and you pulled over and wrote fire and, then, and dynamite. You're like, thanks, Dave, for that. Yeah, that's right. That. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Uh so and then the time that he tried to kill me, he's got this little um, cabin down in 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 the woods and in, in sort of south of Nashville. It's like a little weekend spot that he and his wife and kids have, and he had just gotten it, and he had a Fourth of July party, and there was this rope swing um, 
that goes out, like it's up on this hill, and then it goes out over a creek and then way over a like gravel road, right? So like at the peak, you're like 15 feet above the gravel road, right? And so all the, and he's like, yeah, it's we tested it a bunch. I've been riding it a lot, and sure enough. And, and he's, he's ridden it a bunch of times. It's, it's a tire swing. So you ride on the tire and this and that. And so again, it's July 4th. And, and, uh, even my, 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 my daughter had ridden on it multiple times. Like I'd ridden on it like five or six times. And the night's kind of winding down. We've all done fireworks. It's like, it's like sunset. And, um, I'm like, you know, I got this last Roman candle. Like let's, let's give the people what they want and let's, and let's go for a ride on the tire swing with a lit Roman candle. So I light the Roman candle and I take a big jump on this tire swing. And as soon as I, as soon as it, the rope gets tight, it snaps and I'm like straight down into the creek against the thing, like break. You know, not break, but like bruise every bone in my body. Oh my and and so the, the great news is there's video oh, of this. Oh, no yes. And I repost it every July 4th. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so that's the time that Dave tried to kill me. Wow. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty phenomenal. There's nothing quite as scary as all of a sudden you're just falling and you don't know what, what you're landing on exactly until you do. That's that's a particular kind <laughs> yeah. of, of terror. Oh, it was. I was out. I was out for like three weeks. Uh, I still, to this day, this is probably too much information. <laughs> But one of the things, one of the things that really, it, it sort of shattered my, my toenail on my right foot. Okay. And, and it's never, it's never, it's never come back. We, we won't ask for a photo of that. We're good. We're good. I, might, I might send it to you anyways. <laughs> That's going to be our promo clip. Yeah. Like tune in season eight for this. See this toenail. <laughs> Who does this toenail belong to? That's it. Mystery toenail. That's great. Uh, well, we got just a couple more things, and then we'll let you be on your merry way. Um, I got to yep. know since we're talking about f- uh, family. One of my favorite, I think, one of the the my favorite lines in the song "Family" is uh, is you know take family vacation on a credit card. Uh, is I think that's so perfect. Like I got to know what's your most memorable family vacation, mm. either growing up or like now. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of them from growing up. My dad is, uh, I visited 44 states before I graduated high school. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so we had a, this conversion van, and my brother, um, I have a brother that passed away when I was 17. He was a special needs kid. He was in a wheelchair, had spina bifida. So this van was like outfitted for him, you know. And we would go all over the country. Um, and so my, my one of my favorite trips was uh, a year and a half. Uh, sorry, two years before he died, we went to California as a family for 12 days and we uh, piled in a minivan. Um, we went basically to this place called Silver Lake. It's a little bitty lake with a cabin and, and, and skied and tubed and <clears throat> cliff jumped. And um, and then we did the whole like, you know, Muir Woods. Then we did San Francisco and did, you know, went to the pier and ate seafood and, uh, you know, did Alcatraz and all the things. And then we did. Uh, you know, the Highway 1, Hearst Castle, then San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, L.A., went to a Dodgers game. Wow. All That's the way, awesome. You know, so it's just like, That's so cool. it was like, it was such a great, such a great trip and a great vacation. Um, we, Ellie and I sort of have the same mentality with our kids. We just did this like Tennessee road trip with an Airstream uh, back in the fall. And, and so we're just, yeah, I, I, that, uh you know, I, Ellie was joking with uh, with our kids or with Emily, our, our eight year old, the other day. She's like, "I was." We do a date night every couple of weeks, and so she's like, "Where are we going tonight?" And I, and I told her, and it's like one of her favorite restaurants. And she's like, "Emily, find somebody like your dad that's adventurous." But then she goes, "But 
he's going to be gone a lot. Right. You got to just keep that in mind. <laughs> so, I, you know, I just love going and doing and touring and whether it's fun, you know, I just like, I love so that song is a big, is, is like a, it's definitely a, a, a view into my soul a little bit. Yeah, that's great. I could actually, I just, uh, when you're describing the trip, I was just hearing the song in my head because it is the perfect soundtrack for, you know, that sort of, that sort of thing. I love it. Yeah. Um, I think we got one more question sure. that we yeah. ask everybody. Uh, yeah, we asked this question. Thanks again, Drew, for your time. Hope you had a good time hanging out with us. Um, Absolutely. So Loved it. You're on tour either by yourself, with the neighbors, whatever. You're doing your thing. You go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I get a Three Musketeers bar every time. When I was growing up, my mom would say you could get any candy bar you want, and that's the most ounces, and they're all the same price. So I get a Three Musketeers bar. What is your gas station snack food of choice? 12-ounce uh, sugar-free Red Bull. Okay. And uh, Grandma's chocolate chip cookies. Boom! Wow. Specific. Grandma's, I like yeah. it. Randy, yeah. that's well answered. Well, well, done. well done. That's a southern snack, too. <laughs> yeah, the Grandma's that's good, cookies. That's good, that's yeah. good. So yeah. hitting, the, hitting the heartstrings. They somehow stay soft in the package. I don't know how they manage to they do, do. It's 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 amazing. Yeah. They're they're delicious. They're <laughs> I, I feel a little guilty every time, but you just got to get over your guilt, you know, and enjoy your life. That's right. Yeah, you can't, you can't be... I always say it's, it's hard to be skinny when you're always celebrating. <laughs> that's that's so good. Yeah. Listen, I am fully aware of that. Let me just say, I'm more aware of that than I should be because I celebrate he's a, a lot. He's, he's, he's yeah, happy. yeah, that's right. Is, uh, is Zach Galifianakis going to play you in your biopic? Who's going to be you? Uh, yes, we've actually made a deal. I'm going to play him. And his, that's great. That's and awesome. He's going to play me and mine. So it's it's going to be good trade off. Good trade off. Yeah, yeah. It's a twofer. Drew, thanks again. All right, yeah. All right guys. Appreciate y'all. Take care. This is the Great Song Podcast. That was Drew Holcomb. Episode two, season eight is in the books. Uh, do you need a glass of water before you go to bed? Or um, just uh, let's, uh, you know what? Maybe we should watch your favorite movie, The Dark Knight, as you, <laughs> as you listen as to we Billy get Joel. ready for bed, as you listen to Billy Joel um, and put on your Spider-Man blanket. And dream of opening an animal shelter <laughs> in a barn. <laughs> All right. Did you take your vitamins? Okay, let's do this thing. Your melatonin? You took your melatonin? All right, good deal. Uh, have a good night, and uh, we'll catch you again next week for episode three of season eight with another great song. Until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music.